Hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode of Extra Frame and today we are still covering the NHL playoffs which is going phenomenal right now so far. I mean it's been really good hockey, the intensity is there and later on we'll have a special guest Alex Lepizera to come on and answer a burning the burning question for each Canadian team in the NHL. So we're going to go to the playoffs and today we're starting off with the Eastern Conference. We always start off with the East. Uh, the first series is actually over now. Tampa Bay knocked out the Boston Bruins in five. Uh, to be quite honest, I thought Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is the best team in the NHL right now. I don't see a team that's been playing as consistent as them in all aspects of the game. Offensively, they have it. Kucherov, Braden Point have been out of this world good in the playoffs, and even secondary scoring, they got it. Like Shirelli has been really good as well uh, in these playoffs. And again. Kind of funny, last year, right, in the, in the second round of playoffs, Patrick Maroon scores a massive uh, Game 7 double overtime goal against the Stars. Mm-hmm. And then today, he is a hero in Tampa again. I mean, I think they still gave credit to the goal to Victor Hedman, but Maroon was right there, uh, screening Arsalov Halak. It was a great play. And Tampa Bay defensively, too. Vasilevsky, I think Carey Price is the best goal in the NHL. Vasilevsky is is 1B. I don't think Price is much better than Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky is only, I believe, 24, 25 years old. Like, he is he is the second best goalie easily, and if someone's to tell me he was the best, I wouldn't disagree with them. He made, I believe, oh, he made over 40 saves in that, in that Game 5 win against Boston, and he, he is the reason why Tampa Bay is moving on. And something that's forgotten about Andre Vasilevsky, I find, is that he made 62 saves in the game in the five overtime game against uh, Columbus, and everyone talks about Corpusalo's 85 saves, but Vasilevsky made 62. That's nothing to joke around either. Uh, and Tampa Bay hasn't really been tested. I mean, they've been tested because they played two very good defensive teams in Columbus and Boston, but they've won both those series in five in in both pretty convincing fashions. Um. Palat scored the the overtime winner for Tampa's first win, and then uh, Hedman slash Maroon ended up scoring the Game Five winner. So Tampa Bay has been has looked unbelievable in the playoffs. They have they're the best team in the NHL. When and like last year, they were also the best team in the NHL, but they just choked in the playoffs. It was the it was the biggest choke job ever in the in the NHL. And then when you look at the other team now, Boston, that's an interesting team because Boston to me is a team that yeah next year they'll probably be back competing for a Stanley Cup again. Uh, the status on Zdeno Chara is still up in the air because he's 43. Obviously, he's lost a couple steps. Everyone would at age 43. And really, Boston is in this in the sense now where your whole core is kind of getting past their prime. David Krejci's 34. Patrice Bergeron's 35. Zdeno Chara's 30, uh, 43. Brad Marchand is 33 or 32 years old, I believe. Uh, they do have young guns. Obviously, DeBrusque, obviously, um, Pasternak, easily. Like, Pasternak is a top three, top five winger in the NHL. DeBrusque is a very good second-line player. But Boston's getting old, and their core is getting old. So I'm curious to see what's next for Boston. Uh, Boston fans have a lot of hatred right now towards number 40. Uh, they all kind of blame the series on Tuka Rask for not being there. I didn't think Halak played that bad. I thought I think Halak, to me, is still a starting goalie in the NHL. Uh, maybe not someone that can start 60 games, but someone that can definitely play around 40, 45 games if needed to. And if you have Raskin for Boston, maybe they win another game, but I, I don't see it happening. I I think Tampa is just the better team. And I think this playoffs has been kind of a coming out party 
for Braden Point as well. I mean, everyone knew he was good. Everyone knows Braden Point was good. No one ever doubted that. But they're always like, oh, is he just a product of Kucherov? Is he just a product of Stamkos? Like, is he actually that good? And breaking news, he actually is that good. He's just, uh, for a third-round pick, Braden Point is, I'd say he's easily a top-10 center in the NHL right now. Or at least he's playing like it. In fact, in this playoffs, I can make a legitimate argument there's only one centerman that's been playing better than him, and that's Nathan McKinnon from Colorado, and we'll get into that a bit later. Uh, going on to the other series now, the New York Islanders are up 3-2 at the time of this recording uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, that series has been good, very good, very defensive. Obviously, both teams play a very defensive game. Um, the Islanders, to me, are a team that if you're down by a goal or two, it feels like you're down by four or five because they play such a defensive game. It is incredible. And they they can also come back. I don't know. If you guys remember this or not, but they were down 2 nothing twice to the Washington Capitals in the first round and came back and won both of those games. And then last night, they were down 3-1 to Philadelphia, ended up tying it at 3 and then losing to a, to a tip shot by Scott Lawn uh, in, in overtime. So the Islanders, to me, are a team that are built all around. Barzell, uh, Anthony Bavillier has been unbelievable this playoffs. Anders Lee has been good. And their they're defensemen, they don't have any superstar back there, but they're all solid. Devontae's... Uh, Scott Mayfield, Boychuk, they're all, and uh, Nick Letty, they're all very, very talented defensemen. Uh, I think the Islanders, to me, are going to win the series in six. Um, I think Philadelphia, though, I think if Philly gets, I think if Philly wins game six, they win the series. So I think the winner of game six is going to ultimately take the series because whenever I, whenever I go into a game seven, I always take the, the better goaltender. And if you're asking me who I'm taking between Carter Hart and Varlamov, Varlamov's a really good goalie, but I'm taking Carter Hart in that. And I think that Philly is just too good of a team to lose in a Game 7 to, to the Islanders. And the Islanders are good too, but I think their only chance to win the series comes in their next game. Uh, I think Barzell's going to need to step up and become the uh, become the superstar that he is. And I think Bavillier, I think Anders Lee needs to score. Uh they're basically their superstars need to come out and play along with Philadelphia. Claude Giroux on the board finally last night, but if you look at Philadelphia, a lot of their scoring is coming from secondary. Uh, I don't think Giroux will, himself would say he's had a very good playoffs. Konecki's been okay. Uh, Kevin Hayes has probably been their best forward in terms of scoring. I think Philadelphia, though, to me, is a team that they might not win it this year, but next year they'll be even more dangerous with that with this experience and with uh, with this firepower. But I think if the Islanders win in Game 6, and it's Tampa Bay versus the Islanders, I still have Tampa Bay winning that series, but you can't discredit the Islanders at all anymore. Well, obviously, last year wasn't a fluke. I mean, you know, Tavares leaves, the Islanders make the playoffs, and everyone's like, oh, you see, they don't need Tavares. They don't. But at the end of the day, Barry Trotz is the best coach in the NHL. And to me, that's why the Islanders are in the playoffs. And that's why the Islanders are where they are now. Look how they were before Trotz versus with Trotz. It's not like they got these amazing players with Barry Trotz. It's not like they went out there and got these superstars. No, Trotz just has a really good defensive system. And Trotz won the cup in Washington. And look what happened when Trotz left Washington. They've had two first-round exits now in a row to Carolina, a team that they're supposed to be better than, and the Islanders to a team that they're supposed to be better than. So... I think the Islanders' success relies on Trotz. I think that Varlamov's a good goalie. Barzell's a really good player. I think if Philadelphia, though, mark my words, if Philadelphia wins game six, they're going to win game seven. I think the only chance 
the Islanders have to win the series is win game six. Because if it goes to seven, I'm taking Carter Hart. I'm taking Provorov. I'm taking Giroux. I'm taking them in, in a game seven. Let's shift over to the West now. In my opinion, the West is a lot more fun to watch during playoff hockey. I feel like it's a lot more chippy in playoff hockey in the West. Uh, first series we're going to cover is Dallas versus Colorado. And this series is a series where there is no goaltending at all. Both goalies have not been very good. In fact, on average, there's 8.6 goals a game. So you round that up, there's nine goals a game this series. And it's kind of crazy to think about because the Dallas Stars weren't that high scoring of a team during the... If you were to tell me that going into the series, the average amount of goals scored in the game were nine, I think I would say Colorado wins in five then. or Because Colorado, in my opinion, has more firepower up front than, than Dallas. Dallas has some players. They have Sagan. They have Corey Perry, they have Gary Anoff, they have Jimmy Ben, but McKinnon, Rantanen, Landis Cog, even Kadri now is coming on. Burkowski as a depth score is fantastic. He's a really good. He was a really good pickup from uh, from Washington for next to nothing. Uh, I'm taking Colorado, but Dallas is the one that's up three two in the series, and to me, this uh, this round is. The, the the main story for this round to me for some reason is it's Haskinen versus Kale McCarr. Now, obviously, they're not the two best. I mean, you can make the argument that Haskinen is the best player in Dallas, and I wouldn't disagree with you. In fact, he he is the best player in Dallas. He's playing like it. But Haskinen versus McCarr is such an interesting thing because these they were both uh, back-to-back picks in the 2017 draft. Uh, Haskinen went third, and then McCarr went fourth. And they're both going to be up for the Norris for the next 10 to 15 years along with Quinn Hughes. So I, I know that it's not actually them, like each other versus everyone else. But at the end of the day, though, I think that Haskinen has shown every hockey fan, hey, I belong in this category with McCarr and Hughes. In fact, I can be even better than them. And the Dallas Stars are a team that everyone kind of thought was going to be good this year. Then they, they got off to a really, really poor start. And then now they're like, oh, hey, we're good at hockey again. Tyler Sagan's been playing very well. Jamie Benn's been playing good. Uh, but to me, with Dallas, it's just it's such a team effort when you watch them. Radic Faxa has been a really good player, too. He's been a really good shutdown player for, for the Dallas Stars. He doesn't get talked about very much, but he's a very solid centerman for the Dallas Stars. You look at um, Colorado, Nazem Kadri is their two-way shutdown centerman. They have very uh, similar teams. They both have glaring issues at goaltending, though, right now. Kadobin hasn't been very good. He's been okay, but he hasn't been very good. And Grubauer and uh, Fransuz are both out now. They haven't been very good. So now, tonight, though, it's going to be Hutchinson versus Bishop. I'm taking Ben Bishop in that all day, every day. So I think I thought Colorado was going to win the series. In fact, I had Colorado coming to the West, but their goaltending has just kind of thrown them off. I don't see bishop allowing more goals tonight than than michael hutchinson i just i don't i think bishop's a really good goalie um and i think hutchinson is there's a reason why he didn't work out for toronto there's a reason why he's a farm goalie and there's a reason why uh he wasn't even on their on their main roster and i not that's not a discredit towards hutchinson that's just me saying that i really do think dallas wins the series tonight um if dallas does win the series though and colorado ends up winning the series nathan mckinnon Nathan McKinnon might break Brian Trotsky's playoff record of 18 straight games with a point. Nathan McKinnon also is at 23 points right now. The leader forever in Colorado for one postseason, for most points in a postseason, is Joe Sackett with 34. 
Nathan McKinnon has 23 in round two. So I think if McKinnon gets out of the series, he's going to break that avalanche record, assuming he gets to the Stanley Cup Finals. And I don't know if he breaks Gretzky's 47-point record. It's going to be extremely difficult. But even if he gets close to that, Nathan McKinnon is showing everyone, hey, I'm the second-best setter in the NHL next to Connor McDavid, and I'm playing better than McDavid did. And that's really hard to do. I'm not saying McKinnon's better than McDavid because I don't think he is. But there's no doubt in my mind that if I were to ask you, who would you take on your team right now outside of Connor McDavid, your first answer would be Nathan McKinnon. And if it's not Nathan McKinnon, then I don't know who else it would be. Maybe Dreisaitl? But I think that's the only that can come close to Nathan McKinnon. I think Nathan McKinnon is the best player left in the playoffs, and it's not even close. I, I don't think it is. The way he's playing, the way he's he's moving the puck, the way he's shooting, everything. This guy is, he's lights out. He's a first round, He was a first overall pick for a reason. And the funny thing I find about the Nathan McKinnon thing is, so many times players get labeled as these uh, generational talents, right? Like McDavid was a generational talent. Eichel is a generational talent. Matthews is a generational talent. Line got mentioned as a generational talent as well. Nathan McKinnon was not. Nathan McKinnon was labeled that no one even knew he was going first overall because if everyone remembers that 2013 draft, Seth Jones was supposed to go first overall. And then McKinnon had this breakout, well, not breakout season, but he had this insane season with Halifax and him and Jonathan Drew lit it up with Zach Fucali, if you guys remember that name. And McKinnon went first overall and a lot of people were saying, mm, he's good, but I would, I would have taken Seth Jones. And Seth Jones is a top five defenseman in the NHL, so it's not like that would have been a bad pick either. But and then McKinnon's first couple seasons, I believe he had fifty points around like mid fifties and all that. And everyone's like, "All right, he's good," but like, he's not generational or anything. And then now it's like, "Oh my God, this guy's the best player outside of '97 in the NHL," and he is. Uh, in my opinion, he's the MVP in the NHL. He's the most valuable player in the NHL because, and even more than McDavid. You take McDavid away from Edmonton, Drysdale still carry them. Now, obviously, Edmonton's better with McDavid. Don't get me wrong. This playoffs, McDavid stole the show while he was in it. But McKinnon, to me, is the most, valu- the most valuable player to his team that's left in the playoffs right now, and even in the NHL. I'd say him. I'd put Carey up there. Uh, I'd put. I'd still put McDavid up there. Panarin is a very valuable player to his team. Matthews is a very valuable player to Toronto. But I think McKinnon is more valuable in terms as a player than anybody else in the NHL. And then the other series, Vegas versus Vancouver. Interesting series. I still think Vegas wins this one. But Thatcher Demko last night, who got put in because Markstrom uh, couldn't play, he was he was unfit to play, stole the show. Vegas outshot Vancouver 43-17 and lost. Demko played outstanding last night, and he showed everyone like, hey, I'm here too. And it's kind of interesting with that because when you when you see Vancouver now, it's like, who are they going to keep for the expansion draft? Markstrom, who's been their goaltender all season, has been playing lights out all season. Or is it going to be Demko, this 24-year-old who was supposed to be their future and looked like it last night, but it's just one game sample. So you can't really just think that, okay, because of one game, we're going to keep Demko. But man, he, he balled out last night for them. Uh... Pedersen, holy God, he's playing very he's playing very well as well. He's playing extremely well actually, and he is outside of I'm going to say McKinnon, uh, and outside of Brandon Point, he's been the third best center in in, in his playoffs, and he keeps on scoring. He's and he keeps on scoring timely goals. He's not scoring garbage time when the game's four one or 
or you know five nothing. Now he's scoring when it's like one one. In fact, he did he did that last night. And Vancouver's young core, give them credit. JT Miller, Pedersen, Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, Quinn Hughes, all of them. They're playing outstanding. They should not be here right now. With that young of a team, you should be focused on next year. But my God, Vancouver's been playing unbelievable. They've been playing. I think that, I think this Vancouver team is more fun to watch than their 2011 team that came one game away from winning the cup. I'm not saying that they're better than the 2011 team because I don't think they are. But I think they're more entertaining to watch just because of all of their young talent. Patterson's been playing outstanding, and Bassard's been playing unbelievable. JT Miller and they're just gonna. I I don't think they win the series. And we're going to get to Vegas quickly because Vegas, what is it about this team that makes them good? Like, yeah, they have good players. Mark Stone's a good player. Max Pacioretty is a good player. Carlson's a good player. Shea Theodore had an unbelievable goal last night, and he's a really good defenseman. Robin Leonard's a good goalie. But they're not like, su- Mark Stone is a superstar. I'd say that. I'd say Mark Stone is probably the closest thing Vegas has to a superstar. And you could say he's a superstar. Outside of Mark Stone, though, who do they have that you would say, I would take him over the best player on my team? If, like, if, We'll say this. With teams that are out of the playoffs, maybe outside of like, Detroit or like Anaheim. If I were to ask, we'll say like even Lee fans. Your top three players, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares. We'll say those are your top three players. Would you take Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and William Carlson over them? No, I, I wouldn't. I mean, if you bring in salaries and all that, maybe, but no. So it's kind of weird to see Vegas. Have, like Vegas has a very even team. They get a lot of they they get a lot of secondary scoring too. Uh, they got Ryan Reeves, who's obviously the greatest player of all time. No, I'm joking. Ryan Reeves is not the greatest player of all time, but you know they got Ryan Reeves. They got uh, uh, No Shick down there too, who's a pretty good uh, third line scorer. Vegas to me is just a team that I always doubt. I never think they're gonna be that great. And they always proved me wrong. Like I had their first, I said this in the last podcast, I'll say it again. The first year they came in the NHL, when they made the playoffs, they go, yeah, they're going to get knocked out in the first round. Then they make it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Last year, I had San Jose beating them in seven. And San Jose did beat them in seven. So I got that right. But let's be honest here. If if Cody Eakin doesn't take a five-minute major, they beat San Jose. And really, that was not a five-minute major. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that too. It was not a five-minute major. And then this year, I went as far as to say, Chicago's going to upset them in the first round. Yeah, that backfired on me. And now they're one game away from knocking out Vancouver. The series, by the way, is 3-2. Uh, I think Vegas wins it in six. And I think if it goes to game seven, I'm still taking Vegas in that. Uh, and this is the first time I ever bet money on Vegas because I've been wrong about them all my other 1,000 predictions. So Vegas is looking like a really good team. And I think... I think if it's Dallas versus Vegas, so those are the teams that are up in their conferences right now. If it's Dallas versus Vegas, I'm taking Vegas. I think Vegas beats Dallas. I really like Dallas. I think they have a really good team, but I'm taking Vegas over Dallas. So that's the wrap for what's going on in the playoffs right now. Uh, it's been a, it's been an exciting playoffs. For you know what, for a playoffs that kind of got thrown together with no fans and all that, the intensity is still there, the emotion is still there, the drive to win is still there. Uh, and you got to love it. And next up is going to be the burning question for each Canadian team. And I have Alex Abazera here to help me with that. We're here with Alexander Lepizera now, or as we refer to, as ev- everyone else refers to him as Lepi. So, Lepi, how are you today? I'm doing well, Matt. Thank you uh, for having me out here. Um, I'm excited to get started here and uh, take off, yeah, take it over. Uh, okay, so we got. 
burning questions for each Canadian team. Obviously, uh, the, there's only one left in the playoffs right now, so the other six have to figure out what they're going to do this offseason. So I'm going to ask you each burning question for each team, and you're going to give me what you think that they should do or how they should react to it, and we're going to see if we agree, disagree, bring up some points and all that. You ready? Perfect. Let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start off with, a, in my opinion, the most disappointing um, Canadian team this year, which was the Winnipeg Jets in, in terms of the playoffs. Uh, they got knocked out by Calgary in the, in the qualifiers. They didn't really look very good. They had some injuries, of course, but they didn't really look very good. So uh, actually, Frank Cervelli from TSN came out the other day and said that Line a and Ehlers have both been placed on the trade block. And if you're Winnipeg, do you go ahead and trade one? Do you go ahead and trade both? Because if you're Winnipeg right now, you have 50 million cap space, but you only have 14 players signed. You only have around four defensemen signed, and Josh Morrissey is your only defenseman that you can really rely on. Like, Neil Pionk is good, but Josh Morrissey is your only defenseman that you can rely on at any time in the game. So what do you do if you're Winnipeg in this scenario? Yeah, and on that point there about the uh, defensemen they have, that's two you name off, and uh, they they have firepower up front, right? Uh, you know, they have Wheeler, Shifley... Uh, Connor had a breakout season this year. Uh, Line A, Ehlers, right? On, two on the trade block, right? So uh, they could easily go ahead and say, hey, you know, we'll take Line A, take Ehlers, flip them for maybe a defenseman, maybe two, right? Uh, I, don't, I would say both of them, probably not the best idea. I mean, if I was leaning towards somebody, I'd probably take Line A and, and send him off, mostly because... I don't know. His season this year it was kind of up and down. He, he goes through those slumps where he goes maybe ten games with eight goals, and then he'll go the next twenty with five. Right. Well, that's an, that. That's one thing I want to bring up with Lyonnais is he's had a forty goal season. Yeah. But the past two seasons, he only had fifty points. Not this past season, two, but, yeah, but two yeah, two, yeah, two years ago. ago. And then this season he was good, but I mean, when you're compared to Matthews in your draft, and then now you know you sort of tailed off from your forty goal season. The thing is, the the interesting thing line A I find is I think he brings back more value than Ehlers would, but Winnipeg is in search for their second line center as well. So to Winnipeg, what, do you think a defenseman right now would be more valuable, or do you think like a, a top tier second line center would be their pick? Well, I probably I'd I'd say a defenseman. I see where you're coming from here, but I think a defenseman would be more valuable towards them right now. Like I said, their fire they have a firepower offense right they have a strong top six i'd say especially with Roslevic too they have Roslevic, appleton mason appleton's a pretty good top they're six. both rfas though top they, nine forward they yeah. both they both gotta get signed this season that yeah see that's the problem with winnipeg is they have a bunch of these players they only yeah. have 14 players signed for next year with and that 15 million cap <laughs> yeah. for what is it nine players they need to resign yeah that's gonna hurt them quite a bit exactly so and, i mean it could go both ways i think a forward or defenseman either would be good for them but if I was if based back on the question, I'd probably rather flip that one of them for a defenseman, but you never know what's gonna happen, right? If you were to put money on it, do you think one of them are gone by the by, by the start of the next season? Do you think one of them are gone? If if you were a betting man, do you would you bet that one of them are gone by by the next season? I wouldn't bet by the end of next or by the by the start. You say? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I probably wouldn't bet on the start of next season. Maybe by the deadline, I'd throw something down on that. Uh, most likely, yeah, but not at the start of the season. I say, I say they're gonna see, see what happens, see, see what how camp goes, right? Yeah. You never know. There's some prospects coming up. You got Declan Chisholm coming up. Just signed a contract there. Um. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do, though. It's gonna be interesting. 
Uh, we're gonna go to the team that knocked them out of the uh, qualifying now. The Calgary Flames. This to me, the Flames. It's the same old story, right? Up and down. They do they they, they do well in the regular season, and then they get to the playoffs, and then they just you sort of fold. It. You see, uh, I kind of feel it's like this. It's like that Minnesota team in the span from 2012 to 2016 when they kind of just they were that good good team during the regular season. It's not like didn't sneak into the playoffs. They got into the playoffs by mm-hmm. a, a decent margin, and then just didn't go anywhere with it, right? That's kind of how I feel. Calgary yeah. Flames are uh, in these in the last couple seasons now. But do you think with Calgary, like, what do you think it is? Because okay, like Monahan and Goudreau, they kind of they kind of fold in the playoffs, right? They're not these these game breakers in the playoffs. But to me, in my opinion, with Calgary, it's like they haven't had a goalie since Mika Kiprasov. No, like Cam Talbot's good. But he's not going to win you a series, yeah. right? He's he, not He's not a guy that's going to steal you a couple games. He definitely games. will not. He's not the goalie that will steal you a couple games. So if you're Calgary now, uh, a lot of people are saying, do you blow up the roster? Do you sort of try and get a new image? Because, like, Giordano's 35. Uh, you know, Goudreau comes up, I believe, in a year or two. Monaghan isn't – like, he's a really good player, but he's not a game-breaker. Like it's And this play, these playoffs, outside of Matthew Kachuk – um, really showed that Calgary is a very inconsistent team, and there's it's no disrespect to this player at all. But when Milan Lucic is one of your top players in the playoffs, there's a problem. Yeah. And not only that, though, Calgary had a chance to go three one against Dallas, and then Pavelski scored with like seconds left, and then they ended up winning the game in overtime, Dallas, and they won the series. But with Calgary, it's you you get in the first round and you lose, and and it's it's the, been the same story now. So. If you're Calgary, do you move on from Monaghan and Goudreau, or do you try and give them another chance? Yeah, and getting back to what you said about uh, Lucic being their top their top scorer in the playoffs there, I mean, during the regular season, they had a 21, 21.3% power play percentage, which is which is pretty ideal for pretty good, above average, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, the it's, it's top half. It's yeah, and then when so. you get to the playoffs, you see they drop to 14, which is very below average. Um, and then also... Uh, bottom 15 in the league and goals four. Yeah. So, I mean, their five-on-five work is very poor this year. They this had, season, it was very poor. They had less goals than Montreal and Chicago, who were the 23rd and 24th seed this year. Yeah, exactly. And, the, and I mean, it's not like Chicago of the 2010s. It's Chicago now, right? Yeah. They didn't score very... I believe Calgary had 204 goals. Montreal and Chicago both had 208 goals. That's, that shouldn't happen, especially if you're a team trying to compete for a cup. That yeah, and it's happen. a team that they consider is a firepower firehouse up front, right? You mm-hmm. have Goudreau, Monaghan, Elias Lindholm, oh, Matthew Tuchuk. You have um, even uh, Andrew Maggiampani, he's yeah. he proved himself in the playoffs for a few few of those games as well. Um, even like Sam Bennett's a pretty Sam good Bennett. third line center. Like, yeah, he's kind of a bust. Like you know, for a fourth overall pick, you don't want this third line center. But he kind of branched out into more of a grinder, I'd he, say. He yeah. can still put the puck in the net, but he did well this playoffs. Yeah, he didn't do too bad. Yeah. Um, but going back to their top six forwards, like they they arguably have one of the strongest top sixes in the league. I'd say like on paper. But when it comes down to their five-on-five play or their playoff performance, it's not good enough. And something does need to change, I'd say, um, whether it's trading even Monaghan, getting rid of him. Maybe even you have Elias Lindholm as your shooter on that line. And uh, when, he, when uh, you're not putting up 30 goals, 35 goals on that first line, uh, known as a shooter, then I, I think it's time for a change. You need to get somebody in there that can put the puck in the net. Is 
here's and and here's the thing with Calgary that I also that I also want to say and I want to ask you. Do you think it should be more of a reset or more of a rebuild with them? Like, do you think if they move on from Monaghan and Goudreau, would you go okay? If they move on from then, they had to move on from like guys like Giordano and or and guys like T.J. Brody. And the one thing about Calgary too that everyone, I think one of the more one of the more underwhelming players is Noah Hannafin. Yeah. Like this guy was. This guy was supposed. In fact, this guy's supposed Projected to go over, to be a very good defenseman. He was supposed he's, to go over he, Marner he is and a good Strom. Defenseman. He's good, but he's not great. He, yeah, he, he's a medium top four defenseman. I'd say. I feel like his Calgary's roster is good, but not great. So that's why when they get in the playoffs, they're good, but they're not great, so they don't win. But they do. They do have a solid. They have a solid depth defensive core. Oh yeah. TJ Brody, he's he's Hamannick. getting up there in age, but he's still a, he's still a solid solid defenseman, I'd say. Hamannick's Travis Hamannick. Yeah, he's a good defenseman. Travis Hamannick, he's still he's still up there in age. He's not he, or he's not that. He's not getting too old, but um He's 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 entered his prime now, yeah, but he's, he's, he's not that old. He's into his prime, I know what but you're saying, though. yeah, he's still a good defenseman. Uh, Gio, he's also he's he won, still, the, he won the Norris. Yeah, he's a yeah. stud. He's still a stud yeah. for his age. I mean, for his age, he's a stud. Now, I think that he's left unprotected for the expansion draft because of his age and because yeah. of the contract. But uh, no, if I'm Calgary, I, I I really I'm I don't know if I'm shopping Goudreau and Monahan, but I'm definitely taking, taking phone options. calls. Taking options, yeah, uh, you need I'm, to see your options. I'm right? definitely hearing phone calls. It the, hasn't been working for the past four years. The only player I'm not trading change. is Matthew Kachuk. The yeah. only player that someone were to inquire me without giving me this top, this like this first line center is Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, uh, we're gonna go to their, uh, you know, the Battle of Alberta, their rivals. Edmonton was also had a pretty disappointing playoffs. Uh, they got knocked out by Chicago in the qualifying round. Uh, it was surprising, but. Their defensemen are so bad that it, it was like, we kind of saw this coming. I mean, take 97 and 29, and you have nothing in Edmonton. Uh, they currently possess the 14th overall pick. They ha- really they haven't had a goal since we've been born, since 2000. Like, just a quick question. Who's been their best goalie, would you say? Like, seriously, who's been their most consistent goalie in Edmonton? Has it been Rolson? Probably Dwayne Rolson yeah. back in that span of 05 to yeah. what, 07, maybe? But two like, years? Exactly. They haven't had a goalie. Yeah. Like, since, like, since I can remember, at least, they haven't had any goalie. And, and Dubnik left, became good for Minnesota. Uh, Talbot was good for that one year, then they kind of gave up on him. Uh, Koskinen is is to me is a guy that can only play like 30 35 games. Yeah, he's an he, he I'd say he he is a good goalie. Yeah. I mean, he plays he plays well, means well, but when it comes down to that when you have that defense core in front of you, it's terrible. And <laughs> you're an average you you're playing you're average, average goalie, then yeah. you're not going to win hockey. Oh, games. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So, that leads me to my next question now. So, they had the 14th overall pick in this draft. Um a lot of Edmonton fans are mad that they didn't get the first overall pick again. No, I'm joking on that. But um, they had the 14th overall pick. Now, where they pick, there's probably going to be two defensemen there at least with Schneider and Caden Gould. And then if he falls, because goaltenders typically fall in the draft, uh, Yaroslav Askarov, who has been projected as a you know top seven to top ten pick, I believe he's projected eleventh on the on TSN on TSN's yeah, uh, final and draft rankings. I think the only team I can see taking Askarov in the top ten right now is is Minnesota. Like I don't think I don't think I know Ottawa's two first round picks. But I don't think they use either of yeah. those on Askarov. So, uh, you know, if you're Edmonton, and we'll say hypothetically speaking, you have Caden Gould, you have Brain Schneider, and you have Askarov. Now you, you don't have to go into detail with these players, but if you if if you're Edmonton, who are you taking? Who are you taking if, if you're the Edmonton Oilers at fourteenth? Or do you trade the pick for something? It's that that's a tough question. It's it's almost like comparing. I mean, Winnipeg has Hellebuck, 
but you look at Edmonton and Winnipeg's decors, and they, they are pretty similar because you don't you don't see a lot of I'm not gonna say big names, but you don't see a lot of players that you're gonna be changers. like like really Edmonton's yeah. best defenseman. Uh, Oscar Oscar Clapbaum. He's a good defenseman. He's good, but he's, he's a top great. two, I'd say. But he, I'd say he's a top two. But on a certain team. Also, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of talk about Edmonton trading either Darnell Nurse or Larson. I trade Larson before I trade Nurse yeah. all day. Uh, but in my opinion, if I'm Edmonton and Askarov is there, I'm not passing up on him. And the only reason I say I'm taking Askarov at 14 is because his value, I'd say, would be a bit more than Schneider's or Ghoul's. That and because the point I brought up before with they haven't had a goalie since since. Dwayne Rolison, really. Yeah. They, they really have not had a top-tier goalie since Dwayne Rolison. Yeah, so maybe it is time for them to take and a risk on exactly. a high-talented, high high-projected, talented goalie, right? Is no yeah, team, no team wins a, a Stanley Cup, or no team successful without taking risks, right? Like, drafting McDavid first overall is not a risk. Everyone knew what he was going to become. Well, yeah, Dreisaitl, the funny thing with Edmonton is when they had the third-overall pick in the 2014 draft, fans were outraged that they took Dreisaitl over Sam Bennett and... Hey, look how that's worked out for them, yeah, right? Yeah, clearly. So, I think you have to take a risk. I know goaltenders are difficult with picking in the first round because there's always good ones up in the third or fourth round. But Askarov, uh, a lot of people are saying that he is the best goaltending prospect that we've seen since Carey Price. And it, take it how you want it. But if you look at the other goalies, we'll say in this like that have been drafted in this deck in the first round, you have Andre Vasilevsky, who is unbelievable. You have Ilya Samsonov, who's who's knocked out Brain Holpe of, of his starting spot. Spencer Knight, who Spencer just got Knight. drafted, I believe, in 2018, and the kid from Dallas. They had some high praises last year for Spencer Knight as well. Yeah, I and, and I think I think Knight makes NHL probably in two years. I don't know if it's with Florida because, you know, they got that Bobrovsky contract you right know, now. Looking at that season that he just had, yeah. anything could happen, really. Yeah, exactly. So I think you need to, to roll the dice, in my opinion, and take Askarov if he's there. But that's only if, and I'm re- I repeat this, that's only if, you can't find anyone. And I want to, you know, we're going to talk about this trade a bit later. But if you're Edmonton, now maybe St. Louis doesn't do this trade because you're in their conference. But what it took to get Jake Allen did did not take a lot. And Jake Allen, you can make the argument, is better than some of the starting goaltenders in the NHL right now. So if I'm Edmonton and, you know, I might be looking at Pittsburgh uh, with with Murray and and Jari, or, or even looking at Columbus, with you yeah, even with, with, with Murray and, and Corbisal, I think has really proved himself in that in that first round playoff series against Tampa Bay, even against Toronto. Yeah. I mean, he stole the show against. Well, them. he got two shutouts in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, multiple multiple games he stole the show. So you can look at multiple teams in the NHL that have two solid goaltenders that could potentially join. The only reason I'm saying Matt Murray is because he is an RFA, and I. I don't think Pittsburgh resigns him. I think I thought Jari was a much better goalie than Murray this year. Um, you can't count out Murray's two cups, so he has two cups. Yeah, yeah but at, at the same time, with that, it's if if Pittsburgh were to move on from one of them, Murray or Jari, if I'm Edmonton, I am on the phone with Jim Rutherford, especially with the recent moves he's made. I'm going, all right, here's what we can give you. And Pittsburgh just lost. Uh, they said that they're moving on from Justin Schultz. Uh, he, now he's a right-handed shot. And Latang is getting up there in age. If I'm Pittsburgh and if I'm Edmonton, I might be trying to work out a trade. Okay, you send us over Murray. We'll send you over maybe Adam Larson or or Darnell Nurse, and we'll give you a, like a second or a first with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that trade goes through. It's just hypothetical, obviously. But if I'm Edmonton, if I don't have a goalie come the draft, or at least I don't have something in the works, I'm taking Astro. Yeah, with and that, like with you that said, pick. Jim Rutherford even. Uh, 
uh, giving up that first round pick for Casper yeah, Kapanen, which we're getting into in a bit here. Yeah. But um, he's he's uh, has his eye on the prize. Like he's he's going after people. Like so, he's oh, he's, yeah. he's 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 uh, taking options, everything. Like so, I'd I'd send him in something too if I was Edmonton. I mean, why not, right? What do you have to lose? You're grabbing. You're going for a goalie. <laughs> Now let's let's get on a positive note here. Vancouver's left in the playoffs. Now they're down. They're they're down three two in the series, uh, but my God, they look good. And unbelievable. Vancouver, you look at the Eastern Conference teams in Canada. You look at the Western Conference teams in Canada, right? If you were to put money on a team to win the cup, that you know there has been a Canadian team that, that's won a cup since ninety three. So if I were to ask you, all right, you put money on a team to win the cup in Canada next, is it Vancouver in your opinion? I'd say potentially. I'd say they are on the right path of building a team to win the Stanley Cup, but um, you ha- you have to you can't count Toronto out of it. Um, not being a biased Leaf fan right now by saying that, but uh, they do also have a firepower team. I'd say um, needing to make some new move some move soon, uh, of course, with their cap space, but. Uh, yeah, Vancouver is definitely up there. I think they have the right pieces to have the have a Stanley Cup contending team, a very high Stanley Cup contending team, uh, sooner than most uh, Canadian teams, yeah. definitely for sure. At least yeah, in the pa- West, Patterson, ba- uh, Besser, Horvat, JT Miller, JT Miller, uh, even Adam Gaudet, a good hockey player, Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. I mean, they have so much depth on that hockey team, and picking up Quinn Hughes was a gem this year. An unbelievable season for him. Uh, Patterson, another outstanding season. You got Marcham or Demko. I'd say just quickly, Hughes or McCarr, rookie of the year. Who is it? Who would you uh, take? Just, just, just quickly. I'm gonna say Quinn Hughes. Okay, uh, I, I think I think Hughes wins it too. He did have more points. Uh, I think he did have a better games, plus minus. But he did have more games. McCarr, more game, I believe. more games played. Regardless. Um, but I, I'm gonna say Hughes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. On the uh, with, with Vancouver though, so you brought up Toronto, and obviously Toronto is the only other team that I'd say right now, talent-wise at least, would would rival Vancouver in terms of that team to win the cup next. Now I think the difference between Toronto and Vancouver is, I mean, tr- Vancouver has youth, Toronto has youth, but Vancouver on on the back end has Quinn Hughes. They do have Alex Adler. They do have Tyler Myers. That's better than the yeah. Least they have some three. very. Like, they have Riley's, some veteran Don't get me wrong. Morgan Riley, in my opinion. Like I think that if if I were to take a team full of Detroit, I mean Vancouver players and Toronto players, Quinn Hughes and Morgan Riley the top two easily for defensemen at least. But I think the the Canucks they're built for success. Uh, they're built for success in the future too. Uh, I would personally say I think they are the next team to win the cup at Canada if there is one eventually. Uh, the only thing with Vancouver that I want to ask you too with that is. The expansion draft next year with Seattle, they're going to have a plethora of goalies to choose from. And one of the teams that might be in trouble from that is Vancouver. And if you're a Vancouver, obvious, I think I feel like the obvious answer before, like even honestly before last night was Markstrom. Like you'd keep Markstrom. But Demko was your goal, is your goalie for the future. He's only 24. So he has a, like look at Bennington. He's like 26 or 25. He just got in the NHL, right? Like, Demko or Markstrom? If you're Vancouver, who do you keep out of those two? I mean, if I was Vancouver's GM, I personally wouldn't be too worried about uh, the expansion draft with Seattle because, as you said, stated earlier uh, in the conversation, there's going to be a handful of goalies to be choosing from in the NHL. I mean, you have Columbus, right? Merzlikens, Corpusella. You have um, uh, 
Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh with Jari and uh, Murray. Um, you know, you, you you even have Dallas with Bishop and Kadobin. Bishop and Kadobin. Yeah. Kadobin's really proved himself in these playoffs yeah. as well. So those are three teams right there. Um, you could say Calgary with Riddick and Talbot, but yeah, but that's like but, the same as Edmonton. Mike yeah, Smith that's and that's the same. Kalskin, yeah, like, same same thing. Yeah. Uh, 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 but well, those are three other teams like, right Reimer there. Reimer and Mrazek, but. With that though is uh, you know you say you say you're not worried about it which I agree with you uh, you know whichever goalie you keep is is probably a good decision but if you're trading a goalie right now because of the expansion draft you're not gonna get much because teams are gonna be like well no because you you're gonna lose them probably yeah. so it kind of reminds me when Tampa Bay had the problem with Vegas when they had Ben Bishop and Vasilevsky and then they traded Bishop to Dallas for like a fourth round pick and you're like. Ben Bishop is much better than a fourth round pick, but you well, can't. yeah, I remember when they uh, Bishop went to L.A. too, and he was with Quick in yeah. L.A. as well. Yeah, so it, it's like, uh, you know, Bishop is is really good, uh, but oh, only a fourth round pick. So in my opinion, if they were to trade either Demko or Markstrom, they're probably not getting a lot for either of them, really. No, I I agree with you on that one. Um, if I were Vancouver, I I would be leaning probably mostly towards Demko because. Like you said, his age, 24 years old, versus Markstrom's 29, 30, 30, 30, now, yeah. 30 years old, sorry. I think, though, yeah, and I, I, I agree with that, and I think what they're going to do next year, especially next year, is because they have such a strong team now up front, they're going to split games between Demko and Markstrom yeah. and make the decision yeah. from there. I think I think they have to. I mean, it's uh, their last season before the expansion draft, right? So you might as well make them go toe-to-toe and see who uh, is going to prove themselves. But... Uh, I think, like I said, I don't have any doubt that uh, Demko is going to be their number one, and uh, they'll put Markstrom out for Seattle. But even, again, I don't even think Seattle would take Markstrom over uh, the other two teams that really, I have. Really? Eh? Yeah, I think, honestly, to be honest, I'd say... Well, I think it was Jari Murray. Murray. I think Merzlikens. it was Jari Murray. They're taking one of those two. You think so? I, I, I think Merzlikens would be... What is Merzlikens? 25? Uh, yeah, 26? He's, he's about mid-20s. Yeah. And Murray's t- around the same, twenty seven. Yeah, Murray. Well, Murray was drafted in twenty twelve. Well, Seattle's gonna whoever they choose, they're gonna be in tough for a pretty tough decision, I'd say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna swing it over to the East now. The uh, the conference where the teams are all somewhat disappointing but exciting to watch. Uh, Ottawa has the third overall and the fifth overall pick this year because of the Eric Carlson trade with San Jose, which looks more and more like Ottawa won that trade. But anyways, could have been better for them, I'd say. Still. Ottawa, though, has the third and fifth overall pick. If you're Ottawa, first of all, just answer this question. If you're Ottawa, do you keep the picks? I'd keep both of them, yes. I would keep both of them. Okay, so now if you're Ottawa, who do you choose third overall? So, okay, we'll say out of out of what everything is showing us right now, it's going to be Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield, okay? So if you're the if you're third overall, and we'll say those two are off the board, is Stutzel your pick at number three? Stutzel, honestly, I'd have Stutzel at number three, 100%. Nothing's going to change my mind for that. Some people have him at number two. I'd say Byfield will be over over him for number two just because of his size and he he is a center as well. Yeah, and I think Byfield uh, to a lot of LA to like the LA Kings organization and a lot of fans and a lot of their a lot of their execs kind of remind them of a young Ante Kopitar. Yeah, like he has the same or he really Byfield has the same build as a Kopitar Malkin kind of player. I'm not saying he's gonna become as good as Malkin, but I'm just saying he's he has that build. He has the potential to grow as it grow into the player that they have become that they turned into also, in their younger in my, years. Also, in my yeah, opinion, I, is, I think if Stutzel were to be playing in the Q or in the O, 
I think he would. He would have lit it up. I, I think he'd be in the same conversation as a Lafreniere. I mean, maybe not. Like Lafreniere would still be going first overall. I'm not yeah. saying Stutzel would. Without a doubt, he played professional hockey this year, Stutzel, and he looked like he belonged there. He only yeah. scored seven goals, but that's not very uncommon for for players who played, you know, out in in Europe to score very little goals. Yeah, I don't think Matthews Matthews didn't have too many in his. I can uh, tell you right now, when he, he, went he to did not have close ZSC. to fifty. Like he did. yeah, no, not even close. So. No. I think that uh, so okay so you say Stutzel third overall now Stutzel's a winger center kind of guy yeah you want to put him yeah fifth overall do you go Drysdale or do you still stay up front easily and go? goes Drysdale yeah. um, nothing would change my decision for that if you're taking Stutzel up front there then there, there's a firehouse forward that you're gonna have for mm-hmm. with Brady Kachuk with Brady Kachuk um, uh, Josh Norris is coming up Colin White yeah, yeah and then you have um, you have Eric Brandstrom coming back that's on right. defense yeah. for Ottawa who's a very highly ranked prospect in and their Shabbat. organization and Shabbat, and Shabbat. so yeah. those would be your top three defensemen moving forward in the future and looking at like their projections I, that's doesn't look like a bad top three for the future it does no, not look like a bad top at three at all so not at all Drysdale actually kind of reminds me of a, of, of a, of a right handed Quinn Hughes yeah I'm he, not saying he is Quinn Hughes but he that guy he because he was on Canada's junior team this year yeah and he, he looked so he good he looked very exceptional like, out in there. my opinion I'm not saying he should be picked second overall but he looked better than Byfield Oh yeah, Team Canada. Yeah, Byfield. Yeah, Byfield. I found he didn't get uh, enough ice time. enough ice time yeah. out there. Maybe I could see why he is an O two. Well, that's he the is, thing, he is a right? Born in two thousand two player, and but Lafreniere the thing is, 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 is Dries, I mean, Byfield has a whole year on. Yeah, Lafreniere. he has a whole year. But like Lafreniere is almost a year older than Byfield, and people don't understand yeah. that. So, but I'm just saying, Drysdale looked phenomenal. Yeah, Drysdale is also a year has a year. Uh, or Lafreniere has a year on Drysdale as well. Yeah. He's on O2 as well. So I think Drysdale, to me, is, uh, like I said, he kind of reminds me of a right-handed Quinn Hughes. You know, he's got that smaller build, but I think he's going to impact. And now, I don't think now I don't think he plays his first year in Ottawa. No. I, I think Stu- if whoever auto drops a three, I think they come in and play right away, whether it's Stutzel. Well, we know it's going to be either Byfield or Stutzel. Probably. Like, I... I it might be Lucas Raymond, maybe, or Perfetti. I just can't see that. But I, a question, if Detroit ends up going with, with Drysdale, which I don't think they do because they picked Maurice Sider last year at six, so I don't think they go back-to-back defensemen within the top ten or top five. Uh, if But if they do, we'll say they do, if you're Ottawa now, do you look at a Trading winner? that fifth pick, or I'd do say. Tra- I'd say, I'd say look at pick? trading that fifth pick. Um, I feel like... If they picking up a guy like Tim Stutzel, that's projected a projected star uh, in the upcoming years. Uh, why not trade your pick? Maybe grab that extra top three defenseman that you need, or uh, a couple more picks down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but taking that fifth pick is also that. I mean, this five, is such two a deep, picks in the top this five. Is such a deep yeah, this is a draft. very deep draft. So a lot better than last year. I mean, opinion. grabbing two, yeah. even grabbing Lucas Raymond after that, a projected sniper. Like yeah. he can shoot or, the puck or, or also got Alexander Holt. I was yeah, say, he can shoot. They Holt. both those Swedes can both shoot the puck. Oh. So I mean, taking a sniper and the playmaker that Stutzel is, Stutzel can also actually shoot the puck as well. Now just he, think about this theory quickly. I just want to point. I I don't. Uh, this is not going to happen. But Holt and Raymond have been playing with each other for a long time. You can hypothetically take both of them. Yeah. Now they're both wingers, so you kind of lose out on the center. So I don't think you do that. But that'd be really, really interesting and really, really fun to watch if they end up taking. See if both they of still them. have. See if they have the chemistry. That yeah, yeah exactly. You two Sweden guys, right? So we're gonna go towards uh, my team. 
<laughs> the uh, the Montreal Canadiens. We're gonna talk about the trade they made today, actually. How about before. me cheering for them all through the playoffs, by your side, eh? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that was, you love that. Yeah, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Unfortunately, they 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 couldn't get the job done against Philadelphia, no. but that's okay. No. Uh, Montreal though today made a trade, uh, trade for Jake Allen, uh, who's, I mean. That's too, he's he's the back of goalie for Montreal now. A fringe starter. Fringe, I'd say a fringe starter is yeah, fair for, for sure. him. And that's good for a back of goalie. Uh, they ended up giving away a seventh-round pick and a third-round pick, but that third-round pick was Washington's pick that they acquired from the trade with Ilya Kovalchuk. So really, they gave away their seventh-round pick that that belonged to them for Jake Allen in a 2022 seventh-round pick. That's $15 million tied yeah. up in goaltending. That's a lot That's of money to tie up in goaltending. Right there, yeah. But let me ask you something right now. You saw how good Kerry was during the playoffs when he got some rest. We've seen how good he is when he has, like, his best years, right, in the in the twenty in the 2014 season. the 2016 in, era. In, but the 2014 season, the 2015 yeah. season, when he was undoubtedly, like, the best goalie of, yeah. Uh, his goal, his backups were Peter Budai and Dustin Tokarski. So I think that's a big reason why he did re- why he did really well is because you had a reliable backup goalie too, where he didn't have to play seventy games a year. It's like Freddie Anderson. The guys play seventy games a year. Yeah, he's gonna struggle in some games. Yeah. Like seventy games is a lot, especially. But it's a lot of pressure on yeah. you too. On not even on like mentally and physically, like your body. It can only take so many games, right? So do you think this trade is a win for Montreal that they have finally addressed a backup goalie? Because let's be honest here, right? I mean, the, sh- the season's going to be compressed next year. It's not going to be an 82-game season from the one yeah. we hear because of COVID. Um, so if it's like what it was in the lockout season, 48 games, or we'll say around 50 games and all that, Allen can probably play around 20 of those games or 15 to 16. If it's an if it is hypothetically speaking 82 game season, Allen probably plays 30 35 games and that yeah, gets Price a lot of It definitely of takes a lot of pressure off Price's shoulders, right? I mean, uh, it's someone he can rely on as well. Like yeah. so the team the team relies on Carey Price, Carey Price can rely on Jake Allen on Jake, exactly. to get the job done when he he's not in that. feel like Oh my God! I'm not in net. We're gonna lose tonight. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's gonna. I feel like he's gonna trust him more than most any backup goalie's had in the previous years. Well, right? his, his, his he, other goalie's been Antti Niemi, who was terrible. Charlie Lindgren, who always looked shaky. So I think this wins. I think this trade is a win for both teams. I think St. Louis clears up cab to keep Petriangelo, which is gonna really make Leaf fans angry because that's all they've been talking about for some reason because they think they're gonna get him, but they're not. And I think this trade is a win for Montreal because they finally addressed someone who can play minutes outside of Carey Price. But now we're going to go into Montreal. So they finished 24th this year in the NHL. Obviously not the greatest season. Uh, they ended up getting a second chance in the playoffs. They beat out Pittsburgh in four. They took Philadelphia to six. And you watched that series. You could even attest to the fact that Montreal looked like, at points, they were a better team than Philadelphia. Honestly, I'd say Montreal was a better team 50 to 60% of the time. Yeah. I mean, and it was a, it was a good series to watch. So, and I mean, we mo- we watched, what, yeah. four, four or five games? Yeah. Probably four games of that series. And every game we watched was, was a nail-biter. Do you think now Montreal should focus more? Like, Carey Price is 33. Shea Weber is 35. Those are your two leaders in Montreal, right? Gallagher's 28, so he doesn't he's not really that old. Do you think if, you're the, if you are the Montreal Canadiens, if you're Mark Bergevin of the Montreal Canadiens, are you focused more on, okay, let's try and get this rebuild going? Uh, not, not going because it's already been going, but okay, let's more, focus more on the rebuild. Or are you in like a, you know what, our our veterans are getting old. We got to win now. Which one do you yeah. think Montreal should focus on? I'd probably go with option number two right there. Okay. Um, Mostly, you have Nick Suzuki coming up. I Like, it's not He's technically a rebuild. He's going to be a superstar in the game. NHL. And I feel like next year will be his spark season. His, where his, he, his coming up party. Yeah, yeah, this coming up season will yeah. be his, his spark plug in 
to getting just, to just get the absolutely carrying center. that to team. To become a first-line center. Yeah, and it'll really show too. this year. Kakanyemi, he had a great playoffs. He did. Um, I had some season. doubts during the season oh, this year. Did. Everyone A did. lot of people did. Oh, yeah. Um, but he really stepped up in the playoffs for them. Yeah. I mean, they do have... They don't have a bad top six. Like, it's not... It's not... It, it's not terrible. Need, in my opinion, Montreal right now is a... I, I know they finished 24th, but they also had... At one point, they had Gallagher, Druin, Armia, and Byron all out. Like, that is insane. So, if you look at that, we'll say they're healthy. In my opinion, Montreal's a playoff contender, but they're not a Stanley Cup contender unless they have someone who they can rely on with scoring because ever since I've been alive, they haven't had a 40-goal scorer. They're close to been Patrick Ray with 39, but, I mean, if you look at Montreal right now... If the game is 2-1 or one nothing, if you're down by one goal with like 50 seconds left, you don't have someone who you can rely on to put the puck in the net. Where yeah. you look at teams that have won the cup, right, with St. Louis, Tarasenko, with Washington, I, I, don't, I don't have to say his name, you already know yeah. who it is. Uh, you know, with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Malkin, you have multiple Crosby, players on that team. Gensel, even, Gensel. right? Yeah. And like even, even the Kings, Jeff Carter, Andre Kopitar, they could put the puck in the net. Uh, Chicago had everyone. So, like, yeah. Montreal <laughs> Montreal doesn't really have that. And Montreal, to me, is a team that I don't think they should focus on their centers anymore because we have Suzuki, Kakanyemi coming up. They have three lines. Their top three lines are all depth lines, I'd say. They but have, that's the problem. Yeah. Is like, I don't think Gallagher's a first-line winger. No, I don't think Guitar's a first-line They're they both second-line wingers. They need someone who can... We'll say playing with Nick Suzuki. Now, I don't, me personally, I don't think they should go out there and target Taylor Hall if he's asking for anything over I don't eight think and a half. They, no, yeah. Uh, but we'll say Line is on, on the board. Montreal has a lot of defensive prospects and a lot of, like, we'll say Line is on the board. If you're Winnipeg, this is just a hypothetical trade. Would you accept this trade? Jeff Petrie, Montreal's first round pick this year and a second round pick for Patrick Line. And you know what? We'll throw in. Probably not Cole Cox. We'll throw in Ryan Paling in that. That could be a very negotiable yeah. deal. Um, I mean, if you're asking me, I think it could go both ways. Yeah. I feel like I feel like it is a fair trade, though. I mean, I'm it not depends, a GM. Though, cause so if Winnipeg is in a win-now mode, then maybe because Petrie's a win-now kind of player. But I don't think... Obviously, that's not going to happen. It was just a hypothetical. But I, I agree that Montreal should try and at least... They shouldn't go into next season, in my opinion, thinking, okay, we're probably not going to be very good this year. Yeah, they can't they be should, going in. They yeah, should go also, into it with... If they bring Caulfield tr- in to next year, which they may, you never know. They can't I be, think he already says he's he plans on taking another year. Yeah, regardless, okay. Though, but when he does come in, when he does come in, you can't be expecting him to put up 40 goals in his no, first season. No, like, no. Alex DeBrincat did that, which... I mean, it's I took possible. to bring out two seasons. I, I, two I seasons, think, sorry. I think he but, put up around 20 his first season, and then 40... Uh, if, honestly, realistically, Caulfield comes in uh, in two years. We'll say, I can see him putting. I can up, see him. I can see him putting up a stat line of like twenty goals and like you know, like being like eighteen assists for thirty eight points, which isn't yeah, terrible. Which isn't a bad rookie season. No, right? not at all. Uh, and now, finally, we're going to address everyone's favorite team into love and hate, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, we're going to talk about the trade first. Uh, Toronto traded away Casperi Kapanen for and. Really, it was just Casper Kapanen, but technically Pontus Aberg and Lindgren were part of the trade. And then in return, they got a first-round pick, Rodriguez, uh, Warsawski, and Hallander. So really, they got a first-round pick out of that, and maybe Rodriguez. Yeah, and Dubas, so, Dubas said he really liked Hallander yeah. when he was playing. I think he was playing over in the Swedish league. Yeah, I, it, he, was, uh, he was playing overseas. Mistake, and mistake, or, uh, yeah. Um, Who wins so, this trade? I'd say I, I'd have... 
I think it, Toronto. It's a very good only, trade. It's, it's a very it's a, good it's trade. It's a good trade for both teams because knowing Pittsburgh, right? They're gonna get Cap and turn into like a seventy-point player. Yeah. And knowing, I mean, and, but the thing is, is as of right now. I don't think Kaepernick is worth a mid-first-round pick in terms of his value. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say they're filling in the spot that Nick Medino left them when he went to Nashville, right? You have maybe coming up to that second yes line. No, I would Because he was on a line with Phil Kessel, but since Phil Kessel is gone a, now. It was an HBK. That HBK line was deadly. But yeah. wasn't it their third line? Wasn't it Hagelin? That was their third line, Hagelin, yeah. but you know, and Kessel? Yeah, that was their that third line. That line was deadly. Yeah. That was such a good line. So I see he's... I'd say Kaepernick is... i say he's coming in in that position... But with the potential to grow, and I think I think he is a uh, a low second line player right now. Me too. I, I agree with that. I'd say a low second line player, but you put him with yeah. If you put him, even keep Malkin on that second line with him with Kapanen, maybe you have Crosby and Gensel already with I think Dominic Simone on the first line. But um, I believe yeah it's, yeah it's, I, th- I think that's their first Simone. line. You also have Brian Russ. And Brian Connor Russ Sherry. yeah, yeah you, that's Sherry, why yeah. you have Brian yeah Brian Russ plays with Malkin. If yeah. you have Brian Russ, Casper Cavan and center by Malkin, and then that's drop a pretty Sherry, good and then drop Sherry to the third line. That's a pretty yeah. good line right there. Yeah. So I mean, Ka- yeah, I think both Cap- teams. I think both teams benefit off this trade. That's now, a very equal trade, I'd say. If I'm if I'm Pittsburgh fans, I'm like okay, I I, I get it, but we haven't had a first round pick since God knows when now. Uh, or at least we. And I think um, uh, it was. Yeah, wait, who uh, was the last first round pick? Wasn't it like, wasn't it? Uh, Derek it was Pouliot? Yeah, wasn't it Derek Pouliot? No, no, it was. Um, or did they draft one last year? Yeah, like, it was. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Besides last yeah. year, they haven't had a first round pick in a while. Uh, also, with the Leafs now, they have seven around seven point eight million in cap. 50 million forwards. They, over 50 million is invested in forwards. Now, over 40 million of that is, inv- is invested in four, four players. players. Uh, obviously, those four players are good, but a lot of people say that's. I mean, anyone would say that wouldn't cut it. Uh, it no. And it's shown. They've been knocked out in the first round all three years. Technically, four years. it's a qualifying round, but I'll count it as a first round. They've been knocked out all four years because, yeah, with Washington. Yeah, yeah they, Washington, Boston twice, twice and, and now Columbus. Columbus. Uh, with, with that being said, their defense under contract going into next season right now are Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, you got Cal Rosey, you got Marty Marincin, and you got uh you got one more guy there. Oh, uh, Rasmus Sandin, and there's one more. In Timothy Lilligren. Timothy Lilligren, but no, there's there. I can't remember the, the the player on their team right now. Justin it's, Hall. Justin Hall. Thank you. That that's who it is. Um, uh, Sandin's good. But I'd say only two of those are reliable, Riley and Muzzin. Riley and Muzzin, yeah, so Muzzin. The, and Dermot's an RFA. I don't know what he's going to be asking for, but I guarantee you it's not going to be I can't eight. see anything over 2.5. For for Dermot? Yeah. I'd say I, I say 2.5. It has to be a bridge I'd deal. say maybe three max. I'd say I'd say with Dermot, it's it's probably... But yeah, well, okay, but we'll say it's 2.5, okay? So you sign him to a 2.5. You're just making back your money you lost for Kapanen, basically. I mean, right. Kapanen was 3.2, but exactly. that's not too far off. That's like another 750K off. And now, and, and, and that's that's 2.5, okay? So now you're down to basically, what, 5.5 mil, 5.6 mil. Or sorry, no, no, no. Between you, six be, guys. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be, and you need at least two other defensemen. You need some, some depth scoring because... I, I think that's the Leafs' biggest issue is if you shut down Matthews and Tavares, like I, I'm, I'm including Marner and Nylander in that because they're both on the they're on the same lines. They they don't have any depth. Like Spezza's good, 
I mean, he's not like obviously it's like thirty. Johnson, I, I honestly, Johnson's on the trade block. With yeah, Anderson. I'd be consider moving. I'd, I'd, be, I'd put him on the trade block too. To be honest, I'm, but then you're trading away your your whole depth. And okay, wait, how about this? Anderson, they, they, they have to. They do you trade Anderson? Up. Do you trade Anderson? Anderson, he's apparently according to Frank Cervelli, he's on the trade block. And what? Bring see, up Joseph, Joseph Wall. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, see, what goalie in our I don't system th- well, has played it, an it's, NHL it'll game? It'll probably be a trade. It's probably a goalie trade for a goal. It'll probably be like Anderson for another goalie. But I don't think Anderson's the issue. With that being said, I will never ever trust Anderson, and it's, he's proven it now in a big time game. And like he didn't play bad against Columbus, no, but that yeah. Liam his numbers, Goal, his numbers were really really well. In, that, in but that, that Liam Goody goal should have never went down. No, that Boston was a he played goal. terrible yeah. both game sevens. And really, I'm not really gonna count Washington because let's be honest here, Toronto that was their first year in the playoffs in, since 2013 against the Bruins, and it, no one was expecting Toronto to win that series. So no. I'm not really gonna count. Oh, they were playing a President's even, Trophy team. Even when he when he was in even when he was in uh, Anaheim, he could not win a big game. No. And to me, it's like. If you're the Leafs and, you know, you brought it up It's a consistency, early. but not the consistency you want to see <laughs> in a goalie. <laughs> Definitely not. You brought it up earlier, though, when you were saying that Vancouver might be the— uh, Vancouver, Toronto, the next two teams to, to, to bring a cup back to Canada. And, and that could was, be the deciding factor right there. Yeah. You're but no, but it was, it was kind of—it was really interesting when you said that because, you know, I, 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 I agree with that. But with the Leafs, it's like— they haven't shown me anything where I can trust them in a big game. Yeah. And and with the Leafs, I think the problem I had the most with Toronto, and especially their fans and their media, are every single time they lose, they try and pinpoint the loss on one player. Like, for years, it was Jake Gardner's fault. And now Jake Gardner's gone. They're like, okay, let's just trade Nylander or let's just trade Anderson. It's like... Are you, like they're not the problem. Yeah. Their problem to me with with Toronto is the make of the team. When you got so much, it's so lopsided this the their their cap, and they have such good players, but they don't have any structure when it comes to their depth. Defensively, they don't. Offensively, they don't. Heck, even their backup goalie sucked. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Like McLean was their last backup goalie that could actually stop a beach ball. Yeah. So, really, like with Toronto is. I really like them. Like I, I like their four players. I like like their four big guns, and I, I do. And I think that Nylander got a lot of hate, and I think he responded very well to it uh, in terms of his play, especially this past year. But to me, it's like I, I don't want to say this because I, I I sound like a Leafs hater when I say this, which I, which I I I kind of am. But that Tavares contract, if you guys don't win a cup with you know making eleven million dollars a year with seven years. No matter how good Tavares does, that's not a good contract. No, you guys brought Tavares in here to win the cup, right? I like that. That's pretty easy to say. Yeah, to no, lead us nobody to a cup. signs yeah, someone seven years, eleven million dollars in the NHL without the ex- without the expectation of winning the cup. So, if you're Toronto right now, with with that cap space, I, I'm not going to ask you what you would do with it because you know there's so many things that you have to do with it, but. What do you think is their main priority in this offseason? Because this offseason really is going to be big for them. It's going to determine how they're going to do for the future, in my opinion, because they can either derail their team completely or try and try and work with this product. Well, for think forward, I mean, everybody knows it. They have to start clearing up some cap space to do anything, Yeah. first of all. I mean, another trade probably is 
their easiest option right now, I'd say. Maybe another trade. Like I said, Janssen. I know it doesn't clear up that much. I know he's making 3.6, 3.5, something like that. If if you're trading Janssen, we'll say, or everyone says trade Nylander. Yeah. If you're not trading Nylander for picks, you got to get a you got to get a, a you got to get a good, you that. have to get a defenseman out of that or a good prospect. But, okay, but then I I I hear that and Leaf fans are saying, "Okay, let's get you know Pareko for like for some reason or let's get this player or this player or this player." Like, yeah, Pareko would be great, don't get me wrong, but you're not really clearing up cap with that at all. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, a good prospect definitely. You just they need the clear cap space. Yeah. First things forward. But I don't think like, you trade Nylander to clear no, cap space. I, He's not that kind of player. No. Definitely not. If 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 they did trade him, it would be a blockbuster trade. I mean, it'd have to be. It'd have yeah. to be. And because I just that's a really tough question to get on because yeah. I don't know what Dubis has up his sleeve. Nobody knows at this point. I know. I mean, he hasn't done a bad job since he's came to the Leafs. I don't, I don't think he's think done he's, bad. I th- he did well in that Kapanen trade. He held his own on that Kapanen trade. I don't think he's done bad, but I think with Dubis is just he's done. He hasn't made the team better. Like since no, yeah. since Lamorello they've been left, the same. they they've had the exact same Even result. Even with adding Tavares, and they've been but the same see, exact same team. That's, that's the problem with 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 the Leafs, though. Is you add in John Tavares, who is a phenomenal player. I'm not saying Tavares is a bad player. He's definitely a top tier player in the NHL. But you add in John Tavares, you give Matthews his money because he deserves it. You give Marner his money because. But you when you add in a player like John Tavares, and you still get the same result. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, you've done a good job as a GM, but have you really? If you haven't, have you? Like, they haven't gone past the first round. No, and yeah, it's not acceptable. That's what four years now. Four years. Well, since including really, they're the only team that has not won a series since uh, since the new C- since the lockout in two thousand six. They're the only team because Columbus just won. Yeah, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Florida has also won a series. Yeah, they since won. Then. Yeah, they. I think they have. No, they haven't. I don't think they. That's wrong. Uh, I think they have. I want to say they have. If they have, because I feel like I think Toronto's. But either way, if Florida hasn't, Toronto is one of two or three only teams to not. Or I think they are the only team to have not won a playoff series since that, since the lockout. That's not good. No, that's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Sure it up. is. And like, listen, they're on the like right they track. They need to figure it out. Like, just be better. They're they're on the right track, but. That team is so lopsided in contracts right now, and it's just, it's so hard to pinpoint what the problem is. You can trade away Captain. I mean, not Captain, but actually they did trade away Captain. but you can trade away Nylander, you can trade away Janssen, you can trade away Frederick Anderson, you can trade away whoever you want, but if it's giving the exact same result year in, year out, then you got to think of it as a, all right, it's not one player's fault. No. Uh, and, and you know, it was Jake Gardner's fault for the, for years, and then now it's, Nylander's fault or now it's Anderson's Fraggy, fault Freddie Anderson like, Nylander we don't know I exactly. honestly don't know anymore it's a team effort hockey's yeah. a team hockey game hockey is, a, is a the most team not, game in yeah. the world I'd say um, there's a reason why in the Stanley Cup playoffs you don't see a shootout because it's not one on one it's it's 18 versus yeah. 18 it's a team so, effort yeah like it's it's just to me with the Leafs it's they're a good team they're a very talented team but they have no structure at all no you take away and really Something that a lot of Leaf fans don't like to hear, but it's just the it's just the truth is, they're not very good five on five. Yeah, their they power ha- play is phenomenal. Now listen, you give the Leafs a power play, yeah, they're gonna make you pay usually. Yes, usually, hope, yeah. not I'd all the time, so. but usually. I'd hope so. Right, but five on five, they're like they're good, like they're not bad five on five, but they're not like. To me, the Leafs are 
they're a playoff team. I'm not going to say they're not. Like they're, gonna, they're probably going to make the playoffs again next year. They're probably going to be one of the three teams in the Atlantic, assuming Florida doesn't do very well like they did this year. Yeah. But I'm sorry, but if the Leafs get into the playoffs again and get knocked in the first round, I think Shanahan has to be gone, and I think Dubas has to be gone. Also, do you guys keep Keith? Do you think he is the coach, or do you think that they should explore options like um, Bruce Boudreaux out there or Laviolette? Oh no, is Laviolette still in Nashville? I think Laviolette. No, in they Nashville. let him. I think I think they let him go. Oh yeah, so, uh, yeah, they let him go like, right after they got knocked out. Or uh, Jim Montgomery, who got. Oh no, they let Laviolette go earlier. I think their coach now is. Um, from New Jersey Devils, uh, they got him. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, I know. I, I know who you're talking yeah, I forget about. Forget his name. But uh, or Jim Montgomery, who was a, who was a Stars coach before he had to. Something happened, and yeah. it never came out. But he's uh, he said he wants to come back to coaching now and all that. Or you could look at, you know, other assistants. You could look at. I think Lindy Ruff just signed in uh, New Jersey. Yeah, head coach. Yeah. I think Lindy Ruff is in New Jersey now. So that's good for them. He's a good coach. I'd say he he was a good coach. Oh Lindy yeah, Ruff, he's a great coach. I mean, Buffalo was one of the teams to be reckoned with for a large yeah, majority a, of the 2000s. He, he was assistant on Dallas, and yeah. then now he's he's back at, um, behind the bench, head coach now. Yeah, he's so good for him. Uh, no, I think the Leafs to me are a team that they need to figure out their. They, I don't think they have an identity. I think that's a problem. Like they, yeah, they need to find their game. They, they need, need to find. Yeah. they need to. They not even find their game. They need to figure out their game. And put it in to put it in work, like put in work for it. They they, just need, they need to execute better. They need to play better defensively. I mean, that's obvious. And yeah, they aren't playing as a team. They haven't been playing as a team for the past three years. I mean, no, it's a lot of selfish play. There's a it's lot of a, selfish yeah, play. But because to me, and I think when when you look at Toronto, they're they're okay. Their best player is Matthews. Like, I don't. It, I, it's not even up for like debate. Some people might say Marner, but it's, okay, they're it's top. Not, I'm it's gonna not say, up for debate. I'm gonna say they're top five players. Okay, the top five players are Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, and right. Morgan Riley. Right. So that makes up. Okay, so we'll go. But outside of that's that, that's 46, 47 million dollars in cap. But outside of that, there's nothing. There's yeah. legitimately nothing. That's what. So that's a line and not even a half. Yeah, of well, forwards. Of I forwards, mean, if at least. Put a, if, if, if you want to put a four back on defense, who are your other second landers on that team now? What Hyman? 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 Honestly, has my respect. Hyman's a Hyman is the only player that shows heart every game. He shows one hundred and ten percent heart every single night. I love Hyman. I hope he's on the McKay team until he retires. Is, he, like McKay too. Okay. He will be a good hockey player. But man, like your other player. death players like Gauthier, Engvall, they're not. They're not no. cutting it. Those are those are Kerfoot is okay, but yeah. You know, he, really, he Toronto, Toronto kind of lost that Colorado trade because yeah, uh, Tyson, Tyson Berry did not show yeah, he's not the Tyson Berry he was last year with his 50 points or whatever he had, 55 yeah. points he had last year. Or I think he had 60 points last year. He was good in Colorado. I don't know if you remember this, but Patrick Wall wanted to trade him when he was a coach of Colorado. And everyone believed that that's a big reason why he left is because they wouldn't trade Tyson Berry because he can't play defense. And it kind of showed in Toronto. college has been really good in, in Colorado, but again, like... It's just nitpicking at that point, right? I mean, Dubas made good moves. Dubas made bad moves. But in my opinion... Then again, Kadri was hidden behind the shadow of Matthews and Tavares. He wasn't hidden. He always got suspended in the playoffs. Like, he was a very unreliable player. Really, I think if Kadri is in that Boston series last year, Toronto wins that series. Because Toronto's a better team than Boston last year. Now, I'm not saying Toronto goes to the Cup, but I'm saying Toronto probably beats Boston that series. Yeah. 
and if Kadu yeah, doesn't, they, if they Kadu doesn't three two series lead on them. But and that was without like Kadu got suspended in game two because he cross checked Dabrowski in the head. Yeah, and like. I, you probably shouldn't do that, but no, I, I I agree. It's difficult to say what the Leafs should do, but I think their main priority, I think their main priority right now is should be okay. Get Dermot under contract. You're probably not going to resign. You're not going to resign Tyson Berry. Cody Cece was a was a was a uh, what do you, a pylon this year. He was he was not very good. Yeah, he was. Brutal. So I think I honestly think though, if you're if you're Toronto. Your main priority, okay, get Travis Dermott, maybe ship off Janssen for some picks and all that, and try and build not a great defensive core, but a reliable it's defensive gonna be, core. It's going to be, either way, I feel, the bo- it's going to be a young core. Yeah. Just like their forwards have been young for the past four years, You just they have to grow at some point, right? So you might as well take risks, right? No, I, I, I do I do agree with that. And and we'll, we'll conclude it on that, man. That's... Uh, uh, thank you for answering those questions. I really appreciate yeah, no, it. I, I mean, they're, they're burning blast. questions. Awesome. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Extra Fame uh, podcast, episode two. And uh, we'll be back next week for sure. So thank you.